0: Hi, this is Tom Compton of We Hold These Truths. You're listening to the Unheralded News and Review and Pharisee Watch, brought to you by We Hold These Truths at whtt.org on the web. Each week we look into the events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events. Ready, set, let the sparks fly.
1: In today's podcast for Unheralded News and Pharisee Watch, we're going to be talking about financial fracturing, I think, that uh, is going on all over the world. We see it in Europe with the change of governments in France and in Greece. And so starting off, we don't know exactly where this came from, so you can just chalk this one up to urban legend. It's out there somewhere, but it's entitled gold cliff may 8th gold is grinding out a wall of worry that began construction out of a natural unwinding of the momentum that came in during the acute phase of the euro crisis more bricks were added weekly by various luminaries calling bearish the most recent being buffett's right-hand man charlie munger quote Gold is a great thing to sew into your garments if you're a Jewish family in Vienna in 1939. But civilized people don't buy gold. They invest in productive businesses, unquote. Wow, that's an amazing quotation. I guess they don't want us peons to own gold, it sounds like that we should all oh, uh, buy our own of, banks. We have
2: a lot of people like Warren Buffett who are saying things like that, although uh, Warren Buffett would probably not have made a, such a coarse remark about uncivilized people. But uh, anyway, this is the kind of some of the talk that is going around right now. And then we combine this with some of the other things that we're reading about, and we start getting a picture. So we've got this idea now, civilized people don't buy gold, now let's go on to see what civilized people are supposed to do according to Ben Bernanke. Okay.
3: All right, read that for us, Leslie. Bernanke says, prepared to do more as policy unchanged. Bloomberg News, May 8, 2012, April 25th. Federal Reserve Chairman Ben S. Bernanke said that the central bank stands ready to add to its stimulus if necessary, even after leaving its policy unchanged today and upgrading its view of the economy for this year. Quote, we remain prepared to do more as needed to make sure that this recovery continues and that inflation stays close to target, unquote. He said at a press conference today following a meeting of the Federal Open Market Committee in Washington. Additional bond buying is still quote very much on the table unquote. So uh, that's really here,
1: comforting, isn't it?
2: Uh, yes. Here, what we have is the uh, Mr. Bernanke, and this happened uh, a little over a week ago. But it's very significant because it's the last thing he said, and uh, it resulted in a in a sharp rise in the government bond market. And uh, government bonds are what we're going to be talking about primarily today, and What this team tends to think uh, is that uh, the government bond market today is in the same precarious perch sitting on top of a a tree limb hanging out over a 10,000-foot cliff that the real estate market was eight years ago when the houses uh, up and down our streets were selling at about two-and-a-half times what they're selling for now. And what Mr. Bernanke is saying here is that, The Federal Reserve Bank is going to buy more bonds. So if they're going to continue to buy more bonds, then bonds should be really a good investment because when they buy, they buy by the hundreds of billions of dollars. So then we have the third item, the most recent one that just occurred today or yesterday, uh, here on May 8th, and that is entitled The Death of the Euro Actually, the, the real title is Greek Leaders Given Bailout Ultimatum uh, as Syriza Begins Talks. And you'll find out who Syriza is when Leslie gets into this. And we've given our own little title to this, Death of the Ural.
3: Greek Leaders Given Bailout Ultimatum as Syriza Begins Talks by Maria Petrakis and Natalie Weeks, May 8, 2012, Alexis Cyprus of Greece's Syriza party squared off with political leaders before talks on forming a coalition, handing them an ultimatum to renounce support for the European Union led rescue if they want to enter government. Cyprus said he expected Antonis Samaras of New Democracy and Evangelos Venizelos, the former finance minister who leads the PASOK party, to send a letter to the EU revoking their written pledges to implement austerity measures by the time he meets them today to discuss a government alliance. Samaras and Venizelos rejected the request. Samaras said he was being asked, quote, to put my signature to the destruction of Greece, unquote. Quote, he interprets with unbelievable arrogance the election result as a mandate to drag the country into chaos, unquote, Samara said late yesterday in televised remarks. Quote, I hope Mr. Cyprus will have come to his senses by the time we meet, unquote. Cyprus is due to meet with political leaders from about 5 p.m. in Athens. The standoff since the inconclusive May 6 election has reignited European concerns over Greece's ability to hold to the terms of its two bailouts negotiated since May 2010. With Parliament split and policymakers in Berlin and Brussels urging Greece to stay the course, the country at the epicenter of the debt crisis, is again facing the risk of an exit from the euro. The repercussions are potentially huge, said Gillian Edgeworth, a London-based economist at Unicredit. The chances of Spain needing official aid would increase with implications for spillovers to others. The risk of Greece leaving the euro by the end of 2013 has risen to as high as 75%, Citigroup Incorporated said May 7th. Greek stocks sank to their lowest level in about two decades yesterday amid the political instability. The benchmark ASE stock index fell 3.6% to 62054 at the close in Athens, its lowest since November 1992. The Stocks Europe 600 Index slid 1.7%. The euro fell 0.3% to $1.3007. Cyprus said he aimed to link up with parties in a government that would nationalize banks, place a moratorium on debt payments, and cancel the bailout and measures such as labor reforms and pension cuts. International creditors urged Greek leaders to hold to the agreed terms of their EU International Monetary Fund bailouts. Okay,
1: and then we add what was going on in France, too. So there is a lot of turmoil in Europe and in the world and the financial markets. Chuck, give us some of your thoughts on all these items, please.
2: Well, of course, school kids are talking about this. I happen to talked to one. And uh, his English class teacher, a senior in high school, is trying to explain to the kids and trying to figure out himself what's happening. People all over know that this is very uh, serious stuff. There's something ominous about the whole thing. And now we generally talk about war and the cost of war, and we talk about the brutality of war, and we don't spend much time talking about economic Mm -hmm. questions, but we think we need to do that because Uh, What we're having here is uh, a huge repercussion that's taken place from uh, the war-based society that we've been wrapped up in. Over here, our leader of our central bank, so-called leader, he's really a mouthpiece for the central bankers, he comes out and he says, don't worry about what happens in Europe because our printing press is working just great. And what we're going to assure everyone of is that the price of bonds is going to remain high. So if you're nervous about stocks or you're nervous about your business or you're nervous about mortgages or your house or anything, you can invest in bonds with security that they're going to go up because we're buying, and that's been called Operation Twist, and you're going to be hearing more about Operation Twist. Operation Twist, like, a, like the old-fashioned dance, I guess, the old-fashioned dance is that the Federal Reserve Bank is buying United States government bonds and keeping the price up, and that keeps the... The price of mortgage is up, which means that the cost of a mortgage is low, and that's supposed to keep the building market going. It's supposed to keep everything going just great on this side of the Atlantic. And uh, so Bernanke is just assuring everybody. And the result of his speech only 10 days ago is that the United States government bond market has spiked up to an all-time high to where United States 30-year bonds are paying only 3% interest. So as I picture this as, as like the bonds hanging from a tree overhanging a cliff that's infinitely deep, these government bond prices have been forced up to where people are supposed to invest their savings in these with confidence. People simply don't know it, but government bonds can go down, and there are times that they've dropped as much as 30%. So. It's possible for someone to invest in these perfectly safe United States government instruments and in two years look back and see that you've lost a third of everything that you had by buying United States government bonds. It really does work that way. Now, over across the other side of the Atlantic, we have the European mess. The second biggest economy in the world is, of course, combined Europe, bigger than China when you take all of Europe together by far and a, a big producing economy. But what did Europe do 25 years ago? They f- they faced the rising socialism and social spending of all of the countries in the euro. They got together and they strong-armed their members or they enticed them into joining this common market in which they all agreed to settle for one printing press. Everything else was the same except for a lot of rules telling them how to run their governments but they all agreed that they would have only one Ben Bernanke for all, how many uh, euro countries are there, 17? There used to be 10. And so all of these countries have now settled for accepting the wisdom of one Ben Bernanke, who prints the money for all of them. And all of this talk that we're hearing about in the press about what the Greeks are supposed to do and what they're refusing to do and how they got two bailouts is that their central bank gave them money twice to keep their economy going. And they, in turn, for that, they were supposed to follow certain policies. Let's say they were supposed to lay off 10% of the janitors, 10% of the social workers, 10% of the school teachers, and 10% of the government employees. Greece just didn't do it. The Greeks don't like that idea of laying everybody off. They understand printing is going on. And so they had a new election, and they elect a government that no longer is willing to, to do that and they now have a government that's mixed, it's a coalition nobody knows which way it's going to go and they're going to have to have another election but the bottom line is they want to continue printing money now the only way they can do that is to abandon the euro and pull out and go back to the drachma and then they can start their own central bank and appoint their own Ben Bernanke and he can print all the drachmas they want and they can drive the value of the drachma down to a tenth of a penny per d if they want to. This is, this is the direction that's going on within the euro, and it isn't just Greece. You've got Spain, you've got Ireland, and you've got Portugal, and a couple of other, and the biggest of all by far, Italy, which is really a big economy, all of which are in similar bad shape to the Greek economy for pretty much the same reason. So now people in school classes and uh, freshman college classes and senior high school classes, uh, people that aren't trained in economics and aren't trained about money, but who have a little bit of common sense are looking at all of this and they say, what kind of a disaster is ready to to befall us? Uh, And so we've devoted this meeting today to that, and we'd like to have some discussion from the others, thoughts and questions and whatever. But our contention is that probably one of the biggest risks that you could possibly be in today is the United States government bond probably the second biggest risk that you could possibly find to be in would be stocks of sort of mediocre companies that we could get along kind of without, but whose stock has gone way, way up to all-time new highs. Those are probably awfully risky. And of course, then you have to look at the idea of where real estate is and where other things are relative. But all of this is predicated on the idea that you simply can't just print money forever and ever without eventually becoming a grease. And grease is our model of what can happen to all of us if we just borrow enough and print enough and say we never really need to pay it back. And of course, this statement by the president of one of America's greatest companies, Warren Buffett, who's considered to be a genius and a mastermind of investment and says whatever you do, don't sew any gold in your garment. You, be as civilized like the rest of us, and buy government bonds and United States stocks and other good, valid companies that are growing and are patriotic to America. So with that, I'll turn to our panel.
1: Chuck, well, what came to mind when you were talking about Bernanke and this twist, you, you mentioned the, the dance. Well, what came to mind to me was Oliver Twist. And, of course, that's about fraud, uh, how Oliver Twist was entwined with all these fraudulent people, Fagin and what have you and so forth, even though he was a good-hearted lad. But that's what's going on here, is we've got fraud on a massive scale, and they've got people like myself who don't pretend to be uh, financial wizards of any kind are confused, and you've got the opposition through things like the Occupy Wall Street and the, the variations of that, where people know things are wrong, and so the world is literally on a, a precipice here.
2: Occupy Wall Street marched on the Federal Reserve Bank in our town. They don't quite know why they're there, but they know that they're part of a big part
3: of the problem. Yes, exactly. Warren Buffett uh, should know something about metals, didn't he? Sell a glut of silver years ago um, and affected the whole metals market at one time?
2: Yes, I, I think he did, Leslie. I think that uh, he, he took a big fling in the silver market mm-hmm. and made money.
3: And made money. <laughs> and this is the one that's telling us not to buy gold.
1: Or his associate there.
3: What do you think about gold, Chuck? You think we should. By a well, I think bit? that
2: we have to, to look at what uh, look at what these geniuses that are leading us down this path off the cliff, what they're doing, and make sure we're not doing what they're doing, because
3: yes. uh,
2: because they are a huge pack of lemmings, and uh, it just uh, the world just doesn't work that way. Eventually, something of value must be found. Uh, we all thought that in a if few you want survivors, behind, that's the <laughs> infinite value. But now they've driven up the price of those to where they look like second houses did uh, in, in 204. So the prices mm-hmm. are, are way overpriced. So we need to look at where you can put your money, and if you have any, and uh, probably mm-hmm. in things that you can use is a good idea, but you can't really stockpile enough food uh, for uh, for the rest of your lifetime, and there are limits mm-hmm. to what you can do. So gold and silver become... A pretty good things. The only thing you're going to have to overcome is the price of those is going down because the big people are selling instead of buying. Now, it's hard to get used to the idea that if you want to be right, you want to do what Warren Buffett is not doing. But at times like this, that's probably what you have to do. Do the
1: opposite. Well, and people uh, don't look at generally having in the past typically looked at gold as investments is basically for security. And one of the other problems that I see is all these sideshows, where you've got now Facebook is going to have an IPO, and so there's a big hullabaloo about that, how much they're going to raise, and and so people are going to be flocking to that, and you know there's going to be profits made, and then of course they can evaporate also in good time. Point, but
2: Tom. good point, because nobody's even looking at what kind of value Facebook really has. It's a bit. Multi-billion-dollar companies on the first day it's on the marketplace, but nobody has really stopped to think of what its future really may be, uh, and what its what its value, what its actual value in the marketplace may be. I think if people have to invest in things they know about and that they're comfortable with. And yeah. uh, if people are comfortable ha- taking gold coins home and and holding to those, and by the way, putting them in a safe place where they can't be stolen, yes. like the Bible refers yeah. to. If you're comfortable yeah. doing that, don't be dissuaded by Warren Buffett and people with tens of billions of dollars. They have been wrong before, and they are normally very much wrong at the top of big markets.
1: And I could bet a dollar, I would imagine, that uh, they've got some precious metals in their portfolios.
2: Touch, and, tucked uh, away, perhaps, know. huh?
1: Yeah. And a lot of these,
2: <laughs> lot of these people are, are so much a part of the establishment. Such as uh, Warren Buffett, not to pick on this poor multi-billionaire, but he's made an awful lot of his money on Goldman Sachs Company, one of the most criminal, crookery Wall Street fiendish syndications ever to be invented. And uh, it's one of Warren Buffett's biggest stock winnings. So obviously he doesn't care about what companies do. Uh, he, He just cares about how it works out for him. So he may... Feel that it's good policy not to talk about gold when he's one of the primary stockholders of at least five great big mega banks, all of which took huge bailouts from the United States government.
1: And I think for the Facebook offering, Goldman Sachs and some of the other companies are involved in it and are promoting this. So
2: absolutely, uh, stay away, stay away from it. Don't go near it, uh, and uh, you'll probably be better off.
3: A penny <laughs> saved is a penny earned here,
2: yeah. <laughs> Unless Travis? you're willing to lose
1: it, yeah.
2: Travis is a wise man. What does he have to say to all this?
1: I've been listening to some of those gold and silver sales guys, and they say the banks are buying.
2: The banks are buying gold.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh-huh.
2: Don't be That's dissuaded by declining prices. That's the time to buy.
1: Yeah, right. Oh, and, and then I read another little article that the paper, the exchange-traded funds are the ones that are – Causing all the, you know, the short selling and all that kind of stuff. If everybody, if anybody has to start giving delivery, they're going to be in trouble. I think, from what I've read.
2: So I hope that uh, if anybody, uh, li- our listeners, listen to this, they won't think that we're going to become permanent economic experts. But uh, this is big news right now. It's certainly the news of the week, the news of the month, and it's certainly the thing that people understand the least, and which is the most deceptive thing around there. So. It is a product of uh, inflation, of war, of the war-based economy, of this massive printing system that's been going on, and uh, we need to to do our very best to deal with it and to not be fooled uh, any more than we can help.
1: Well, very good. Thanks, everybody, for our report, and watch your wallets, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Thanks for listening. Be sure to tell a friend about our podcast And please visit our website, whtt.org. You will find a wealth of information and resources like the latest Pharisee Watch and unheralded news articles. Also, you can order our new video, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1. Even though this video is copyrighted, we don't mind if you copy it, as long as you copy all of it. Then you can educate your friends and acquaintances about the dangers of Christian Zionism. Start small, think big, and press on towards the straight gate.